0: For tiempo limitado, precios y participación pueden variar. Válido para un producto de igual o menor valor.
1: Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Premier League Nightclub podcast. My name is Damon, and with me, I have the Woodra. Woody, we're back for the final episode of the nightclub minis. And so this is the sixth one. And safe to say that we've probably never been more excited for a nightclub mini.
2: No, I think this is probably going to be the best one that we have um, going on the pod. um, And and definitely probably the one that we're most excited for, because it's something that is going to bring out some serotonin for everyone, make everyone laugh a bit. um, And it's definitely made us laugh looking into into, uh, what we've got to talk about as well.
1: Right, to be fair, the word structure does not come to mind when you look at the research and planning done for this particular <laughs> episode. Like You'd have to say the nightclub podcast is one of the more structured and you know routine-based uh, podcasts going around, but this one is seriously all over the place, and I actually don't know where we'll be five minutes from now, 10 minutes from now, and 20 minutes from now. So I'm very excited to see how this one pans out. But before we get stuck into any of that, just what have you been up to, Woodrow? Because from an outside perspective, it does sort of look like that all... We're doing is either playing COD, working on the pod, or going for a run. And, you know, like if there's anything else going on with your life, I'd like to know because that's pretty much all I'm doing.
2: Yeah, low key, we are neglecting the girlfriends a bit, I think, to, uh, <laughs> to do those three things. <laughs> um, but no, it's, it, it's, well, I think, I feel as if, especially down here in Melbourne, um, our government's pretty switched on about it. So we're lucky in that restrictions look like uh, they may be. Um, maybe ease up a little bit in the next week or so just because uh, we are, per se, flattening the curve. Um, but until that happens, I guess, Damon, that's really all we can do is just go for a run, play a bit of COD, neglect the girlfriends, um, and work on the pod. So, I don't know. Uh, it's 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 not, not really that much is changing in between um, pod to pod, but I know that this week is definitely a huge week for us.
1: Yeah, you're not wrong. This is probably the biggest... Week of the Premier League nightclub podcast in history, which we touched on last week. But of course, this is one of two episodes coming out this week. This is coming out on a Tuesday. The next one coming out on a Thursday with Cam Devlin, and Aussie uncovered you know, third, third uh, installment of that series. So very, very excited for that. And of course, the return of Sammy this God. week as well, which I know is... Probably up there with the Aussies Uncovered interview as well. It's just the anticipation (laughs) is massive to see what he's been up to and what he can bring to the table.
2: Mate, I reckon we should just make a promo vid for Sam as another Aussie (laughs) Uncovered. He he probably deserves one, really. Um, We uh, we could
1: fill it in with the bloopers, mate, of all the bloopers we've had over the 44 episodes we've done. (laughs) Oh, dude, that would
2: be something to listen to. But Damo, nevertheless, (laughs) let's get stuck into some footballing news. Because this week there was some huge revelations as the Iridivisi officials decided to cancel the Iridivisi season. um, Which was absolutely massive and and that means that Ajax and AZ Alkmaar are going to take the Champions League spots. However, relegation has been suspended for a season. So no one is going to be relegated and no one is going to be promoted. Even though I'm pretty sure in the second league, um, whoever was atop was 13 points clear Damo, what's yes. your take on that?
1: Mate, I did see the manager of that club, and uh, forgive me, I, the club escapes my mind at the moment, but yeah, they weren't happy about it at all, and it'd probably be a similar situation here in England. If that were to happen, Leeds would be absolutely fuming, and we know their situation and how much they need to get promoted. But yeah, just in terms of Dutch football, I think, you know, I won't. I don't think that many other footballing nations will go the same path. They might go a similar path, but to not award a title, I just can't see it happening here in England. I was about to say here in England, but I no, uh, just can't see it happening in England. You know, it's something that given our situation in the Premier League, it's a little bit different from the Era Divisi in that the, the league is pretty much summed up. And uh, we've spoken about it so many times, so many times on this podcast, but you just can't see the league title not being handed to Liverpool whether we go back and play more or not, but on that playing playing again or not, June eight looks to be a date that could mean something to uh, Premier League football fans.
2: Yeah, and and a lot of news has been circulating as well in the last few days about this potential June eight return um, and, and coming out of lockdown. We know that um, the the league bosses are in in. Uh, in chats with the, the UK government, seeing what the realms of return would look like for the EPL. But we do know that if the EPL was to return, it would be to some be played in select stadiums. So not all stadiums would be utilised. And some 450-odd games would be only be... Crammed into um, maybe two months, fifty-five days is being is being talked. So um, yeah, if we're going to see it come back, we're going to see a compressed little um, second bit of the season, and 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 plenty of games being played in the next two months to try and get the season out of the way. But I tell you what, if it doesn't go through, I think it's really unfortunate because there's always going to be an asterisk uh, for whoever gets relegated or whoever gets the title at the end of this season.
1: Can you imagine the logistical nightmare if they do play the amount of games they're talking in the short space of time for this podcast? Like, it is going to be next level. I mean, we I wouldn't say we struggled, but we definitely had to knuckle down around that December-January period when there were midweek games. We're probably going to have to be doing that every week. So we're definitely going to have yeah. to set up some sort of structure w- which is manageable because as much as we love doing the pod, I don't think we can do three or four a week. We do... We, yeah, we... we tr- Thrive on uh, quality and not necessarily quantity, Mm. which might be a case in the future. So, Woodrow, until then, I think, you know, steer away from the serious stuff. We all know what's going on, but let's get stuck into the point of the Nightclub Mini F6. The final episode of Funny and Shocking Moments.
2: Yes, let's do it, Damo. We have been so excited since we decided on this topic last week, Um, and what we want to do here is bring some of the most funny slash shocking moments of the last maybe 20 years from the Premier League, or at least moments that we've seen, because these are the ones that stick out for us as being some of the most memorable moments and some of the funniest things that have made us really crack up laughing, And, and Damo, although we'll start off with one that we didn't actually see. Because we'll get it out of the way. (laughs) And that is the Eric Cantona Kung Fu kick on a fan.
1: Uh, Absolutely iconic. Like, it doesn't matter if you were born, you know, 10 years ago, 20 years ago. You still know exactly what happened on this day and what were the ramifications. It's just unbelievable to think that this actually happened. Like, today, it's just almost impossible. I think from this incident alone... The way football stadiums are now set up, there's even more of a space between the end of the pitch and the fans. Just the, the way this can happen. I mean, it's I almost left... It I definitely left people speechless at the time, but it leaves me speechless now. I mean, Gary Pallister, I think he said... I was one of the only players who didn't run over. I just stood there in disbelief. I was in shock at what I just witnessed, and I think it's a fair assessment of the situation. Like I remember Roy Keane ran over, just absolutely fuming at what had happened. Uh, there was some unbelievable scenes, and you you speak you you can see fans speaking um, at the time and like getting interviewed, and they're just like, "Oh, you know, I saw Eric Cantona's foot coming towards us," and like it's just it's just nuts to think that, that actually happened.
2: Yeah. King uh, King Cantona was on another level that day, and of course he followed up the kung fu kick with a bit of a, a left-right good night on a fan as well. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> you should definitely should have hopped in the ring. It was it was so funny. It, you know, even though we didn't see it, I reckon every football fan would have seen this footage at least five or six times over their supporting careers because it's just something that you would never see replicated. Is someone jumping into the crowd to take an opposing, uh, opposing supporter out. It's just unbelievable. But Damo, let's move on to the next one, and that is the ball kid that leaves Gerard absolutely hanging in the tunnel.
1: Mate, this one is one of my favourites. Back in 2006, so 14 years ago, Jake Nichols, a young mascot for Chelsea in a Chelsea v Liverpool game, uh, goes to shake Gerard's hand, but as Gerard puts his hand out, he puts his hand away blows him a raspberry and just does the the cockatoo little thing in front of him and it's just and Gerard just looks absolutely stunned and see it's all right the moment itself is unbelievably funny but i think the the bigger thing is like it comes up every year so like chelsea even liverpool facebook and twitter pages they posted it as well and it gerard even mentions it in his autobiography and says it's the only time he ever smiled pre-game in the tunnel and apparently well, this kid's now probably, I think, in his early twenties, and he's playing reasonably high-level football. And he actually got a copy of the book, and on the page where Gerard talks about it, there's a picture of the incident as well. You know how you can see that quite yeah, often in sports yeah. autobiographies; they have picture sections. Um, yeah, he actually got Stephen Gerard to sign it, and they had like a little reunion. And, and you know, the guy Jake Nichols even today talks about how his mates bring it up all the time. Like, imagine having that under your belt. Yeah. What an absolute tale for the boys!
2: <laughs> Mate, that would have been elite. And Damro, we know you probably did you have you did you read that autobiography?
1: Uh, well look, me being me, I I think I, I've attempted to read maybe five to ten sports autobiographies, yeah. and very rarely do I finish them. I always get like halfway, three quarters of the way through, and not to say they're bad or anything, but you know, I'm just my attention span isn't you know with the greatest, so I do struggle to finish a finish a book, as you know, Woody, when we did Year 12 English together.
2: Mate, I was going to say, oh, you're not really much of a reader. I, I You're more of a picture book sort <laughs> of <a> guy. So <laughs> For you to say that you read the autobiography, I was like, oh, I don't know about this one. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, nothing, nothing
2: will be, stick in my memory more than you trying to read Shakespeare, um, us being 17, 18 year olds and absolutely stuttering every word uh, in front to of be our fair, class. To be fair, it didn't
1: help with you in my ear for a good semester You know, the pressure, knowing that you were bearing down my neck Looking at me the whole time, didn't make it any easier But hopefully, now that I've done this pod for 45 odd episodes Maybe I'm better (laughs) at it now, which gave it another crack But Woody, sticking with the Liverpool trend Mm. The beach ball incident And similar to the Eric Cantona one I don't think you have to necessarily be a football fan To know of this incident And so basically, to sum it up Uh... Sunderland on the attack. A Liverpool fan threw a beach ball onto the field. Sunderland continued to attack. No one actually really notices the beach ball other than Pepe Reina in the build-up because it was behind the defensive line. Uh, Sunderland score. They run off and celebrate. Liverpool protest. And and no one really knows what's going on because no one's ever seen anything like this before. It hits the ball. The beach ball hits the ball hits the beach ball and it deflects into the bottom corner and everybody's just stunned. And the thing that gets me, Woody, before we discuss what actually happens, have nice. a listen to this commentary.
0: Well, what a start for the home side.
2: The ref is a bit contentious. I think what beats Pepper Rainer is the little deflection from the shot from Darren Bent off Glenn Johnson that just flicks it past and gives Rainer absolutely no chance. But off screen, there's an argument from the to the ref. From the Liverpool players, not sure what about because there's nothing wrong. Maybe the balloon on the pitch what interferes with play, but you've got to get on with it. And that's what Darren Bent does and puts the home side ahead.
1: Now, I get that it's never happened before, and we were just talking about how everyone was a little bit stunned. But the commentary here is just 30 seconds of absolute poo. Now, let me (laughs) let me explain this. The commentator was pretty much just ignoring the fact that a beach ball was on the ground for a good minute and caused a goal. And he was playing it down as if nothing had happened. It was one of the most bizarre pieces of commentary I've ever heard and one of the most bizarre pieces of play I've ever seen. And the goal did count, but I wonder what would happen today with VAR. Yeah,
2: I don't know what would happen. It's pretty interesting because it goes down as probably Sunderland's most iconic goal in the Premier League, <laughs> if we're being real here. Um, it's, just, oh, it's just inexplicable, really, to, to see that happen and... Pepe Reina goes up, and you can see him in the build-up point, tries to point out to the to the referee that the beach ball is in the six-yard box. Um, <laughs> and then I don't just don't know. I don't know how it didn't get overturned either. I understand that whatever's on the pitch serves, serves as part of the pitch. But, you know, if you're looking at it, like, the shot would have been saved. It would have... It was a pretty crap shot. It was shot. going it was straight to the real. keeper. Yeah, exactly. So the deflection it took was pretty unfair. And, um, yeah, it was... Oh, it is so funny that a Liverpool fan actually caused a goal against Liverpool. If we're being real, like it was a Liverpool oh, beach yeah, ball. Yeah,
1: that's what makes it super ironic. And I think just quickly, Woody, we look back to just before the season got stopped, uh, Everton's last minute winner against Man United that was ruled out because mm. Sigurdsson was uh, you know sort of blocking De Gea's view. It's like that gets ruled out, but the beach ball deflecting the ball into the bottom corner doesn't. It's just the game has changed oh. with VAR. So you'd imagine that today that goal definitely would have stuck.
2: God knows and, how that uh, that went through. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I would write this one you wanted to talk about and pre-recording I was like, bro, you know this didn't actually happen, but you were like, nah, 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 I want to talk about it anyway. So I'll let you have this one. The little incident with Ashley Young.
2: Oh, that is a bird having a shit in Ashley Young's mouth. <laughs> is, this one went absolutely viral when it happened. Everyone thought that Ashley Young just having a team talk with the armband um, on his arm, and then a bird has just come along and absolutely sniped him on the lips with his shit. <laughs> uh, just weird scenes, weird scenes. But Damo, this sort of blew up the footballing internet, didn't it? It did, and it, it's it been around for ages because I
1: think it was definitely during the Louis van Gaal era, which means it happened at least four, four seasons ago. Mm. And... Ashley Young really only defended it a couple of months ago and he came to speak about what actually happened and his explanation is probably a bit fair enough. Basically, he claims that he was having, you know, gum, chewing gum that was uh, the same colour as bird poo, white, and the the camera angle just sort of shows him, his gum sort of popping out of his mouth at the same time that the bird poo goes past him behind him. So it sort of looks like it lands on his mouth, but he claims it went, you know, metres behind him, but the camera angle doesn't do it justice, which I sort of believe... But even then the fact that, you, you know, he had to get on a, a media platform, and I'm not talking social media, he was on a genuine interview, and talk about that. It's absolutely extraordinary. Oh, it's...
0: <laughs> Ese último McNugget me toca a mí porque soy la mayor. ¿Y eso qué tiene que ver? Los mayores se respetan. Eso no existe, ¿cierto, mamá? Yeah. Quédense tranquilas. aquí hay otra cajita de McNuggets. Respeto, ¿viste? El no hay rivalidad cuando hay McNuggets deal. Hay un deal para cada salida familiar en McDonald's. Compra uno de tus favoritos, como unos McNuggets de 10 piezas, una Big Mac, una Quarter Pounder with Cheese, o un Filet-O-Fish, y te llevas otro por un dólar. Por tiempo limitado, precios y participación pueden variar, válido para un producto de igual o menor valor.
2: I, I, to be honest, if you were actually young, you would be defending this one... To the hills and back. You'd be dying with the lie to negate. It's definitely
1: the lack of hesitation when it happens as well. So you have to defend it. You just act like nothing happened, which he claims did.
2: But still, it's like, imagine if that
1: did actually happen. He wasn't fussed at
2: all. Oh, no way. And I swear, if, if a bird shat in my lips, I would be going crazy. I'd be going yeah, crazy. Gee whiz. All right, let's uh, let's move on. And that one is the next one. We've got this <laughs> cheese. This one is, is funny. Neil Warnock chasing down the camera as manager of Cardiff. Oh, this Mate, one was this so season. Funny. Oh my god, <laughs> this is yeah. the
1: season Cardiff had was honestly just like so unlucky. But this sort of stuff is what it's remembered for. Like last season, Cardiff actually played some decent football towards the end, and their poor start probably cost them staying up. But far out, man. Like some of the stuff. That Warnock got up to in his last few weeks. That man just didn't care anymore. Like oh, he, he, knew. He, he knew. He knew it was over. So some of the stuff he was doing was just so funny.
2: He was just taking the piss. And I just I when I was doing a bit of research for this as well, I just saw I just reminded me of this meme that went around where someone had clipped um Neil Warnock into uh into the the bittersweet symphony music video, you know when um I think Verve is yeah, is yeah. walking down the pathway and then he's hitting people, um and then it, it just you see Neil Warnock's head just in that place. It is just so funny, um oh it's just it's a he just didn't give a shit did he? He just did not no. care.
1: He he'd lost the plot. <laughs> I think looking back, he, he probably won't have regrets because I, I don't think it was necessarily embarrassing. It was more just real unique mm. to the premier. No one had any really seen any sort of manager look, you know, go down that path. But one manager who did have his moment mm. uh, towards the end of his managerial career as well, that was Louis Van Gaal at Old Trafford when when the under 21s for Man United beat Arsenal and what pretty much cost Arsenal the title that season that Leicester won it. I mean, Louis Van Gaal was like a father that day. That this is how I got to describe this one. He was like a father, and he was writing every challenge. Look at these names: Marcus Rashford on debut, Fosu-Mensah, a young Lingard, Memphis Depay, Paddy McNair. McNair. Some some of these names that just nowhere near the first squad anymore. You know, when a decision went against this young United team, Louis Van Gaal wasn't too happy about it, was he, Woodrow?
2: Nah. And he was not, and he went up to the fourth referee and just spitting chips. had his had his notebook in hand, and then next minute you just see the camera pan to him and he's on the floor. He's just he's just ass down on the ground, staring at the fourth referee, going, "Look at me! What's happening?" It's, uh, it's, uh, I remember the the crowd went absolutely bonkers. Um, it was just oh, it was so funny to see, so funny to Mate, see the manager good. taking a dive.
1: It was funny, as in like Louis van Gaal, probably the more calm managers mid-game, you'll see. He rarely gets out of his seat to do that. It was it was hilarious. Woodra, this one is... We're getting into the areas now of players scoring against their former clubs. And there's sort of two ways that you can go about it. Maybe three. Mm. One is, uh, you know, putting your hands up, almost apologizing for scoring. And the other way to do it is doing it added by your style. So Lampard against, against Chelsea or Adebayor against Arsenal. Which one is your preferred goal?
2: Uh my one would have to be Adebayor is infamous, infamous. So let, <laughs> let's let's get stuck into that one before we get stuck into the Lampard goal. So everyone knows this Adebayor goal when he scored for City against Arsenal. Of course, he scored against his old side in 2009 and he ran the whole length of the pitch to do a knee slide <laughs> in front of the Arsenal away section. And I'm fairly sure I've just seen this egg and lettuce sandwich just being pinged from the top row. <laughs> lands just next to him. <laughs> it's just, mate, just so- the
1: security guards were absolutely scampering to the front of that section. <laughs> just like, mate, absolute madmen were about to run on the field and, and take this bloke's head off. Like, seriously... You'd never see anything like it. And the yellow card was given to him after that. But, oh, my God, that was so funny because it was one of those ones where it took him a good 10 to 15 seconds to get to the away section. Mm. And you, everybody just knew where he was going. And what made it even more funnier that like he was running past his own teammates. So, like once he'd gone past them, then they started chasing him. So, it was like, oh, where's he going? And then just like everybody was running towards the Arsenal away no, section. I, I tell you what was
2: even <laughs> funny. He ran straight past the the coaching team as well. Yeah. So he's just gone straight <laughs> past the manager on the line, just disregarded him, the way. Mark Hughes was just
1: like a stunned mullet on the touchline. He was celebrating, but he was like, oh my goodness, like what is going on? <laughs> oh,
2: this is so, so funny. But let's get stuck into another iconic City moment. And that was Lampard scoring for Man City against Chelsea. What made it
1: real, real interesting was that Chelsea at the time were league uh, title favourites, and they did end up going on to win the title. But one thing that's worth noting is that that goal sort of put the, top, the you know the league on its head a little bit. It was it was that season where Cesc Fabregas absolutely turned it on for Jose, and probably Fabregas's you know last real you know peak fitness season. And they dominated the league that season for most part of it. But they did have a hiccup around the time, and it was almost their their legend Frank Lampard who. Did all uh, undid all the good work, but it wasn't to be. But still, I just remember that was the same uh, same day that uh, Leicester scored five against Man United. So that was one of the more crazy uh, days of the season back in 15-16, I believe it was. Oh wait, no, sorry, fourteen fifteen. My apologies. Mm. And just, so
2: just the absolute irony of Lampard about to do undo Chelsea's season as well. It's pretty funny, pretty funny in tale, and uh, actually fortunate it didn't happen because. Who knows, if he had undid their season, how would he have been received by Chelsea fans as a legend going into the future? Who knows?
1: Who knows? I still hear Manchester City fans calling Frank Lampard a city legend, and you know, they can, they can just believe what they want, whatever <laughs> helps them sleep at night. Um speaking of legends though, the Dre. The Dre Woodra. From, courtesy of Peter Crouch Podcast.
2: Don't, don't don't bleep this out, but it's the motherfucking D R E. Andre Mariner Sends (laughs) off Kieran Gibbs Instead of Alex Oxlade Chamberlain Damo this was probably one of the funniest Moments in Our Premier League memories It was outrageous Outrageous Oh.
1: honestly dude it didn't help that Arsenal ended up losing six in that game and you know probably actually you know what it didn't help Arsenal but it probably helped the Dre. because you could could you imagine if you know the score was real close and that could have been the difference in the result but mm. far out i mean after the game he said you know he was disappointed that he made the error it's like bit of an understatement mate you you've literally like it's not that hard they have numbers on their back they don't look the same
2: i'm pretty sure ox was uh number 15 and Kieran Gibbs was 28 and i i don't know if you can read either but Oxlade Chamberlain the back of her jersey looks a bit different to Gibbs um yeah. I, I, I actually tell you what if you were if you were Kieran Gibbs and Oxlade Chamberlain you would have to be laughing because they both look like ninja turtles and <laughs> and you would have to be just as Gibbs is walking back into the tunnel you sort of just have to sit there and be like geez. This is actually has an element of 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 banter to it. Like, surely this is just a big joke from Big Mariner.
1: What would you even do as Gibbs? Like, you know, do you just cop it and be like, "All right, fine," you know, like I'll do this for OX, or do you just completely burn your teammate? And be like, man, it was him. Send him off." Like, what do you, how do you even go about that? And like, what's the OX doing, just sitting there, just being like oh, yeah, yeah, I'll stay out here if, if that's all right. <laughs> like, how awkward would that have been after the game? Like, oi, mate, you know, like, why didn't you say something? Why didn't you say something? Like, it's just bizarre how you approach yeah. that after the game. But surely, as you said, Woody, there's there's definitely an element of comedy to it. And I'm sure they banter about it today, not that they play with each yeah. other anymore. But there's definitely, you know, a story for, for the grandkids in that.
2: Yeah, and it was so funny because the save that Oxlade Chamberlain actually made against Hazard's shot was pretty elite. Cause he was going the wrong way, and he ended <laughs> yeah. up ended up flicking the wrong way, and and made it a, a great save. I don't know if it was going in that hazard shot, but however, he did save what was a probable Chelsea goal. Um, it was just oh, so so funny. But yeah, they they went on to get absolutely spanked six 0 as you already said, Damon, which would have been a, a big of a more of a spit in the face than the sending off, I reckon. But I think something that is bit more of a spit in the face would be <laughs> Luis Suarez having a dive in front of David Moyes.
1: Mate, we could probably pinpoint 10 to 15 moments just from this guy alone in yeah. his three or four or four seasons in the Premier League. I mean, every couple of weeks, something he'd happen with the headline regarding Luis Suarez. But yeah, the diving in front of David Moyes, basically, yeah, David Moyes suggested that Uh, Luis Suarez was a bit of a diver in the build-up to the Merseyside Derby. I think he actually uh, said
2: it about two or three times. Um,
1: Yeah, was it 2012? It would have been 2012,
2: Yeah, it would have
1: been 2012, yeah. Yeah, and yes, of course, Suarez being Suarez, scored in a big game and made it known to to David Moyes that he wasn't too happy with the comments that that were made midweek and pretty
2: went down like a salmon, didn't he? Yeah, mate. Right in
1: front of uh, the Everton bench. He
2: did the silly salmon right in front of David Moyes. And then when he got on the ground, he sort of put out his hands, lifted up his head, and like stared at David Moyes. I'd love to know <laughs> what came out of his mouth. Um, probably, probably a bit of profanity. But David, would you do that? Would you would you dive in front of someone that if uh, if they made those sort of comments consistently about you?
1: I don't know. I think I'm more of a fan of just the traditional shush, just mm-hmm. the you know putting the the finger up into the lips. But I think given the type of character Luis Suarez has you know, shown to be over the years. I think if he did the shush, it wouldn't have been you know, that interesting because, like, oh, yeah, Luis Suarez just trying to stir some stuff again. But but this time, he's it, just got taken it to another level, and that's why we talk about it, like, freaking eight years later. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that's what I rate about it. So I think the character matched the act perfectly. Yeah. But see, someone with a little bit of a less, less uh, you know, vibe about him in terms of, you know shithousery, I think you could have gotten away with uh, just the the finger to the lips shushing. But another moment that he did, he didn't put, didn't get his fingers close to his mouth, but he but he got uh, Ivanovic's arm mm. close to his mouth, and it took a big chunk, didn't he, Woodra?
2: Yeah, it was Luis Suarez biting Branislav Ivanovic in Liverpool versus Chelsea back way when Damo. This is this kicked off the the Suarez sort of discussion because <laughs> this was I think he did this. It was a World Cup year, and then he backed it up in the World Cup. Um, yeah, it was just so funny to see because, like, also funny but also appalling because to bite someone, it's it's pretty manky. I'm not gonna. It's 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 very manky. I'm not gonna lie.
1: Oh, it's so low. I, I think back to you know, I think it was Chiellini. He might have bitten, um, hmm. Bonucci. I can't remember which one. It was definitely against Italy. Um, but yeah, in the um, in that season before, a bit Ivanovic and. It really is the lowest of acts up there with spitting. And it's just bizarre that, you know, it's almost animal-like. It is animal-like when players do this. But it it, even happening once in a decade is too much. But the fact that it's happened multiple times in the Premier League era, Mm. sometimes with the same bloke, is just extraordinary. And, you know, I'm not going to sit here and roast Luis Suarez about it. It happened years ago. And he's a fantastic player and you know, his accolades show it, But goodness me, some of the stuff that bloke's done over the years, especially in the Premier League is nothing short of, you know, as I said, animal-like. Mm. All right, well, let's wrap this one up because it's probably going to be the longest mini we've done. And mm. rightly so, because it's definitely the funnest we've done, I reckon personally. And, we will see everybody listening now in a few days' time with the biggest episode in nightclub history. And I think we've said this multiple times across the last few episodes, but we cannot understate this. It's just as big, probably maybe not as big as it's going to get for the nightclub, but definitely the biggest it's been You know, in the history. History, history, history. Just keep saying that word.
2: Mate, for sure. This is unbelievable. (laughs) (laughs) Unbelievable. Mate, we could not go through biggest moments without dropping that. But yes, Damo, it is absolutely (laughs) huge. We've got the best A-League midfielder. Coming on the show, that is Cam Devlin. Sammy has absolutely us, sorted us out through his connections. And oh, I'm so keen for this and keen to see what he has to say as well because he is really one of the the biggest personalities in the A-League as well. He, he is going to be so great to talk to.
1: Mate, you hear things down the grapevine, and apparently he's a ripper bloke. So I'm very, very keen to uh, have a chat with him. It's going to be great fun. And of course, as I said... Keen to have a chat to Sammy to see what he's been up to. But until then, Woody, if people want to hit us up on the socials, where can they find us? You
2: can find us at Premier League Nightclub on the Insta. And Damo, where can you find us on the Twitter?
1: You can find us on the Twitter at PLNightclub or search us on Facebook. We will be there. And uh, yeah, just find out when that episode drops with Cam Devlin. Make sure you follow us on whatever socials you use. And subscribe and follow us wherever
2: you listen. So until then Woodra, we'll I'm out of here. Yes guys, thank you very much for bringing at the nightclub. That wraps up the minis. We'll see you on Thursday. Thank you very much for tuning in.
0: Por tiempo limitado, precios y participación pueden variar válido para un producto de igual o menor valor. Social Podcast Network.